Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right. And here we are again. Howdy ho! <laughs> Howdy ho! Howdy ho, children! <laughs> All right. Well, I think we can dispense with what have we been doing, given we just had a five-minute break from our last episode. <laughs> I was going to say, are you over COVID? <laughs> no, not yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I feel much the same as I did in the last episode. Yeah. But are we drinking anything different this time? Oh yes. Ooh, I've upgraded. What? I'm now on a Coke Zero. <laughs> oh, look at you. Graduated from soda water to Coke Zero. Oh, you well. need to calm down. <laughs> you probably do. <laughs> well, similarly, I'm on a Pepsi Max. Wow, that is very similar. We're on a similar path. Wow. What about you guys? One of you has COVID. Um, we <laughs> have lit- literally just poured the last of the leftovers. Oh, so, um, oh good. Yeah. Who knows? We might go on to something else, or we might go. Uh, let's keep Monday nice and just <laughs> stick on the water. Oh, you got a big week ahead of you, boys. It yeah. depends on the story that you tell, Carl. Oh, it's one that of those is traumatic ones. No, I, don't, I don't know if it's traumatic. It's my. I found this story, and I am a little bit obsessed with it. But I think that that's because I've never heard of it before, and I fear that. Well, not fear. I think that both of you will have heard it heard of it because it's an Australian-based story. Oh, nice. And I wasn't here when it was um, in the press and and it was a big, big story. So I'd be surprised if you haven't heard of it. I suspect you both have. Um, not that you're necessarily here, Schmitty. I think you may, may have been. I don't know. But I suspect for most Australians uh, it would just be something they had heard of and were aware of. Brilliant. Should we introduce ourselves first oh, or should we just we get that. stuck into it? We could do that. I'm Schmitty. <laughs> I'm Swanny. <laughs> and I'm Clarky. And, and together, together we are, are Trial by Wine. And Diet Coke and Soda Water. Absolutely. Yeah. And COVID. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, I should be getting sponsorship, shouldn't I? <laughs> we should get Coca-Cola. <laughs> yes, send them a message. If drinking Diet Coke was an Olympic sport, you would be representing Australia for sure. Well, unfortunately, I don't know if you can. Oh, I suppose you can represent. Well, I need summer and winter because I'm also representing Australia in sleeping. I'm also very good at that. <laughs> I can sleep anywhere. I can sleep on yeah. a floor. It doesn't really matter. If there's any any motion involved, whether it be you know car, plane, train, I'm out. I am the worst person mm, yeah. to travel with because I am just asleep. I struggle staying awake, awake, getting to my kids to school. I'm like, oh, so warm in this car, so comfy. <laughs> and my eyes are, oh. I wonder too, though, like you know how you have in the running, you have like the 100 metres and the 200 mm. metres and the 400. What events would I specialise in? The, in? in the, well, no, in the Diet Coke, there'd be the <laughs> little cans, the big cans, the buddies, the bottles. Oh, no, I've been very clear with you before. I've been very clear with you before. Yeah, yeah, I know. I will only work. Nobody. She's <laughs> a sprinter. I'll, she's yeah, a she's a, Exactly. Mall, I'm not doing the mall, boot, you know, little <laughs> boutique style can. I am not. I'm not in the buddy. That's like they're your heavy lifters. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're the bantam uh, weight. Absolutely. Kind of I'm just like a little flight. What's it called? Flyweight. 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 I don't know. Flyweight. 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 I was trying not to say to fly, fly, risk. 
weight and it was coming out as fly away, fly away, fly, and I was like, I, it just wasn't coming out quite anyway. So as I mentioned, uh, it's an Australian-based case. And Australian. Australian. Mm -hmm. And what I sort of want to do is I'll tell you the, the sources that I've used and then I'm uh, sort of, I want to start off by sort of painting this sort of picture because it really speaks to me and perhaps it felt like I could have, it could have happened around me. It felt like something that um, felt reminiscent of the back end of school where I grew up, going to university, the people that I was exposed to. And when I watched, I was like, wow, that could have happened to one of my friends or been something that was happening to someone I knew. It just felt familiar, I guess, in that sense. And I found that kind of really interesting. So A bit like the castle. A lot like the castle, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do think that's a bit more particular for you people in Victoria. I think that must be very close yeah, to the heart. Yeah, they do go to Bonnie Absolutely. too. Absolutely. So um, we will call this the curious case of Kelly Lane. Have you both heard of Kelly Lane? I know the name. Once I start yeah. talking about it, I'm sure you will. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Anyway, I, I hadn't, and I mean, having seen what I've seen since, and when I started looking at, at different sources, I'm kind of surprised that I haven't. But I guess it's just because I wasn't here at the time. So the sources that I've used are um, the Newcastle Herald, MamaMia.com. Of course, I've gone to Wikipedia, but I'm a little bit incensed because the way that they've set it out is not in the chronological order. And I'm at like, all. oh darn you. <laughs> Uh, and that's the hardest part of me, how I put this story together for you. Um, you will like this new source, people. Woman's Day. <laughs> oh, what? Hello, I know. Is that even still around? If I can just show you. There you go. It's not that I actually have a, uh, an issue with me, but they must have like an online presence, presence I guess. Well. Anyway, so I'm looking and I went, when I went back to source what the um, website was called and I was like, oh, what's that called? And it's called Now to Love. N -O oh yes, I was watching. I was what reading something on Now to Love the other day. It's a Women's Day, but yeah. Yes, and then I said so that I yeah. printed out. What do you mean? And short there on the top it says Women's Day. I'm like, oh my god, that's hysterical. So oh, what it do was you mean? the Widow of Vulture. There was oh, a story that, yeah, there you go. about the Widow of Vulture on Now to Love. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Women's Day, and is now has rebranded to Now to Love. Well, their website is. It seems to be. I get that. What does even that mean? I don't know. Now I to don't love. read the Women's Weekly, but I thought <laughs> may or Women's Day, but I thought maybe, Carla, did you get the sense it was maybe a, a sub section like they have a a serial in yeah. editorial yeah, like sort of on stuff the... in the magazine, and this stuff ends up on this website, yeah, something like that. Yeah, on maybe. the dark web. But yes, I, I don't think <laughs> Woman, <laughs> Women's Day have a dark web presence. Oh god. Oh. Anyway, oh. so. And finally, my last source was actually um, a three-part documentary series that was um, done by the ABC, and it's called Exposed, the Case of Kelly Lane. And it was basically um, a well-known journalist that, of course, I've never heard of, but <laughs> probably every other Australian has, called Caro Meldrum Hannah. That's a tricky name, isn't it? Imagine telling what? people that was your name when parts of your name are, are famous. Like we have a very famous person in Australia with the surname Meldrum. Um, but that's only part of a hyphenated surname with another name that's actually a woman's first name. I think that would be a very difficult name. It sounds like you've played her name back. I know. Caro is her first Hannah name. Meldrum Caro would be better. Hannah. And I thought, I mean, yeah. I've never heard of her either. But again, I'm not surprised by that. No. But she, was, she is the person behind this documentary. I'm sure she's great. Anyway, so there we go. So as I said, the curious case of Kelly Lane. So I'll start with Kelly and Kelly being born in Manly in New South Wales which is a, a beautiful beachside suburb 
in Sydney for uh, our international listeners. And it was always a sort of a bit of a mix, man. They're like as a lot of beachside suburbs in Australia are, a lot of them weren't particularly affluent at, at different points. You know, people who had uh, lots of money sort of lived somewhere else. But as the lifestyles changed and people wanted to be outdoors more, it became a real mix. So in any of these sort of beachside suburbs, you'd have wealthy people, you'd have the not so well off people, you'd have sports people, but lots of people, a lot of things that drew them to the area would be this sort of outdoor lifestyle. So it's, you know, imagine a very sunshiny, you know, outdoorsy life. What year is this? This is in 1975 and she was born on March 21, 1975. Do you want to hear my dad's manly joke? Yeah. So when, when Stuart and I met, we went up and visited my dad. He was living in Sydney at the time in Balmain. Yeah. And so he went off to work and we went off and did a bit of sightseeing. And when we came back, he said, oh, how was your day? We said, oh, yeah, it was really good. Um, we went over to Manly. And for anyone who doesn't know, there's a ferry that goes over to Manly. And so dad goes, oh, so did you get the Manly ferry? <laughs> And and then, no, and then, this is what my dad used to do. So then when we were just like eye rolling going, oh, I think I'm going to vomit, then he starts nudging me and going, get Get it, it, get it, manly manly fairy, get it. I'm like, oh, I fucking get it. it You're going to get it in a minute. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway, every time I hear manly, I think of that. It's terrible. So Kelly was born to Ron and Sandra Lane and Ron was a well-known sort of man in the area. He was a local policeman. He was also a rugby player and a surfer. So if you think about, you know, what people sort of pride, prize, prize for a better word, um, in these sort of, you know, outdoorsy, strong, you know, Mm. golden communities in terms of living in the sunshine, whatever else, I imagine that he would have been quite well-known and uh, well-respected because he kind of covered all those manly, manly pursuits, yeah. you know, mm. surfing Worshipped. and rugby and a copper. Yeah. So, you know, this the family were very well known and uh, very well liked and admired. So this gorgeous daughter, Kelly, and Kelly is just a natural athlete herself. And I've seen so many photos of this gorgeous blonde child, golden, you know, skin from being in the sun, fair, fair blonde hair, and who was excellent at pretty much every sport she turned her hand to, but she was certainly in the surf club. Um, I also saw her, she was doing netball, surfing, running. I didn't really matter what she did. She was just a natural athlete and represented her school and sometimes a state in the sports that she was doing. So throughout her childhood and certainly in high school years as well, she was really known in the local area as a very, a very good athlete. And I guess people were sort of wondering where where her talents would lead her and what she would actually end up pursuing because I think she was a bit of a jack-of-all-trades. It's also really interesting when I look at a lot of the footage that they've got, it really reminds me of of growing up in Wollongong and at the time it was like when that whole uh, life-saving, life-savers, life-saving movement became really big. Remember that there was Uncle Toby's and... Um, the Nutri-Grain series. Yeah, Grant so Kenny and yeah, Lisa like, Curry-Kenny. Correct. It was There was a real moment where strong-looking people, it wasn't, you know, um, clubbies as I would call them. They have a certain look. You know, lots of them look like swimmers. They've got the big shoulders, teeny tiny waist, really strong, um, but not thin little, you know, weaklings. They're, they're athletic. They're very yeah. athletic, you know, and, and big people. You know, it's not like if you put them on the scales, they'd weigh a lot. They're big, muscular people, but they've got incredible physique. So I'm painting that picture. So that is very much what um, Kelly 
looked like by the time she was, you know, like a, a late teenager. And she ended up pursuing water polo. And she was very, very good, uh, certainly, you know, local and state level. And it was the sport that she pursued and was was brilliant at. And I've seen people interviewed and they always said that she wasn't the greatest, but she had absolute grit and she was unstoppable because she just competitive absolutely it was all about that real guttural kind of I'm not going to stop she could just literally she She switch up off yeah now I don't know a lot about water polo but it is a very big sport in western Australia and I think they usually I think they're pretty successful and we do have friends who have children who have played it or or still do play it and it is you know they make no secret of it it's a very aggressive sport both men's and women's and it's dirty and a lot of the time, you know, there's a lot of stuff. It's all what goes on under a lot the water. Underwater. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they were talking about, you know, having bathers ripped mm-hmm. off and, you know, it's kicking and, you know, really trying to hurt your opponent. Yeah. Um, you know, to get them to get a ball. So it's just like netball yeah. in the water. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it might be vicious. It, it's it's tough. It's it takes some real tough cookies to do it. So Kelly is a young woman, you know, probably about 16, 17, and living a really quite amazing life, a life that that really reflects that era, I think, of, you know, by this time we said we're talking about in the 90s when you worked hard, you know, you worked out hard and you, you played hard, meaning that, you know, athletes would go and compete and then they'd go to the pub, you know, they'd be there together and they're drinking that whole sort of collegiate kind of we're a team, this is how we act, you know, we're invincible because we're, you know, on and off the field, a real team. So she was always part of this sort of these gangs, as you would, you know, really gangs, but of women who were elite athletes, but they were hungry for success. They were hungry to have a good time and they would go out and they would have a good time. And it's sort of, it was sort of no secret that a lot of them were very promiscuous and, you know, that's not a bad thing. No one's saying it is. They were just, they they lived a certain lifestyle that was, you know, the best of everything. They enjoyed what they did and they got to go out and have a good time. Did you say this was in the 90s? This was the 90s, yes. So it's just you and I at Fox <laughs> in Sydney. Well, it was yeah. actually, <laughs> but the first point, person I need to tell you about is, well, sort of in the early 90s, her career as a um, water polo player was really taking off and, I mean, obviously it's amateur, but she was playing for a team that was based in Balmain, actually. It's interesting you should mention it. Oh, yeah, right. At the Dawn Fraser Pool. Probably, yeah. I've seen footage of them in there because I thought, ooh, yeah, it sort of freaked me yeah. out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm always like, isn't that just part of the harbour? Ooh. You know, like, I was like, oh, where's the nice safe chlorine thing where nothing murky can be, or, you know, in the murky water? But I did actually say they must have been in Dawn Fraser Pool. You're quite right. And these girls would compare that. I saw stuff where they'd come to Perth, uh, they'd been to Canberra. So they'd be at the Australian titles and they were a really good team. And lots of people remember Kelly because she was, you know, very vivacious, great team member, obviously very talented. And she was very memorable, I'd imagine. Uh, she's not the kind of person that you wouldn't remember. So lots of people have recollections of seeing her at these meets and watching her compete. They would be in finals, grand finals. They won grand finals. It was just what they did. So they were always in the pool and they were always competing week in week, training all week, and then off to the pub they'd all go. Um, and one of the things that made me laugh, I was talking about the town hall and I was like, oh, my God, I remember going to that pub. It's, you know, just one of those things where you hear something and you think, how do I know that name? And it's like because I used to drink there. So 
The reason I bring this up and talk about what she was wearing, the fact that she was in the pool and the fact that she was, you know, basically playing one of the most aggressive sports that you can in a bathing suit as well, is that in 1992, she found herself pregnant and she was pregnant to her then boyfriend, a gentleman by the name of Aaron Fayette. They were very much in love, like a real sort of, you know, typical first relationship, young love. They, you know, were really dedicated to each other. Loads of photos of them that, you know, they could have been friends of yours that just looked like photos of that era. Gorgeous young couple. And they freaked out when they found out they were pregnant and decided that it wasn't something they would in any, any position to do anything about. So he took her down to the ferry and she went into the city and um, had a termination and returned. Good for and they them. they stayed together. Yeah. And she continued to play water polo. At that point, I don't know that she would have been showing, but no one was aware of that. It was just something that happened. So then we move on to mid-1994. So we're now two years later. After an affair with a married man, she finds herself pregnant again, a second time. I'm not sure you find yourself pregnant. Like, I just think that (laughs) phrase, you know, (laughs) it's not like, you know, like sometimes you find 20 bucks on the ground. You or like maybe 10 in your, in your pocket, in your jacket. Yeah, yeah, you don't find you yourself don't find pregnant. pregnant. You walk around a corner and go, look in the mirror and go, oh, my yeah. God. Oh, to be fair, there have been plenty of times that I have walked around a corner, looked in the mirror and gone, Jesus, colour, you look pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and That's actually a very apt statement for me, I think. So, again, there's not much information that I know about this except to say that, yet again, she sought a termination and no one was aware of it. There is talk that it was um, as a result of an affair with a married man, but I can't find anything to that effect. It's just that that's what happened. So, again, no one, no one's aware of Did, any of Didn't this. you say she was having an affair with a married man and she found herself pregnant? Yeah. But it might not have been his? We don't know. Right. There's no, that's what I'm saying. It's just there's no detail on that. That's the one thing I have read. So there could be another. Had... Oh, I think I did or read somewhere that she said that, you know, she was <laughs> – she wouldn't necessarily have known exactly whose right. child it was at any given time because I, I think she was having a fair bit of sex. Let's put it that way. Okay, good for her. And, and she was, yeah, good for her, I reckon. I have no problem with that. So this is, that's 1994. In early 1995, they compete, the team competes at, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like at a, at, a, at a grand final level, I believe they win and they go to the pub in Balmain to celebrate and Kelly leaves and they think oh god she's left you know they're all quite pissed she's gone where's she gone well she's gone to have a baby and this is where I just cannot get my head around this and I have seen so many people interviewed as a result of this scenario which were people they were they spoke to coaches managers ex-teammates all of these various people to say well she was playing in a bathing suit, an aggressive sport, you know, in water. You must have seen that she was pregnant, of which I would say none of the coaches, the managerial staff, whatever else, have, they all say they had no idea at all, none at all. Whereas a couple, like very few actually, but a few colleagues, teammates have come out and said that they did see her, you know, slide into the pool. I'm like, if you were training three times a week and play, it would be not just once sliding into the pool, but she was able to somehow conceal that she was that pregnant and play 
a grand final. If if I was looking at someone in a bathing suit playing water polo, the clue as to whether or not they're pregnant wouldn't be how they get into the pool. <laughs> it would be the their lump. Yeah, yeah. And like I've got, I've got a friend who was diagnosed as pregnant at eight months. She'd had she'd had some issues for a long time and had yeah. tests done and everything. And it wasn't until she was yeah. eight months pregnant that she found out that she was pregnant. But yeah. but she didn't get around in a bathing suit and she wasn't an athlete who was no. at the, you know, at the national level kind of thing. No. So there's photos of her at that time, right? So there's all of these girls standing together in photographs. And like she's never standing up like that. She's either bending down, crouched in, leaning in or whatever else. And if you look at her face the entire time, and I've seen her, you know, pregnant in a couple of these during this time, you can't see it as such because they're big girls. You know what I mean? They're not, I think they carry weight in a different way potentially. Right. And I've also read that potentially their stomachs, you know, because they're so muscular. It, I was going to say, there's a lot of abdominal muscle. Yes, it changes. So, so it's not, but I mean, and we all people carry babies totally differently and even from one pregnancy to the next. So that's, we all, I mean, we can all work that out. But we're not all in bathing suits at nine months, you know, put upon a grand final. But we're also not all quite consciously trying to hide the fact that Correct. we're pregnant too. I, I yeah. think if, and then, if I'm in Turkey having a swim in my bathing suit, <laughs> I could realistically be accused of being nine months pregnant. It's just a poo baby. But that's... Precisely. Yeah, that's... Well, it's more than a poo baby. It's like a... It's a wine baby. <laughs> it's a COVID baby. But, I mean, isn't that just... I just find that remarkable that she was at the pub yeah. with the girls. And it's, it's incredible. Not like, there are very few things that women miss. That's where I find so much of this. I just cannot get my head around it. Women in competitive sport as well, they would have been so aware of each other's bodies and I don't know. I just find it really difficult. And one of the interesting things was when they went to talk to so this documentary series that I watched, obviously it comes after, you know, it's only been done the last couple of years. And when they contacted all the girls that she played with, like so many of them were like, no, nah, hung up, no, don't want to be involved, don't want to know, don't want to know, don't want to know. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because they don't like Kelly as a person, what's happened, if they don't want to be involved, or they were just, they were able to literally turn a blind eye and they were sort of part of this thing where they just didn't care because they were winning or at all, you know, beggars belief really. So she's pregnant, right, for a third time. This time there has not been a termination. And where are we? in 1995 and sorry she doesn't know who the father is or she does well i'll tell you that kelly she has a boyfriend at the time 19 year old kelly lane gives birth to her first child at king george v hospital at camperdown in sydney she had just played the grand final of a water polo competition and i mean just that afternoon the baby is quietly and lawfully adopted out and her boyfriend at the time duncan gillies is named as the father but that was without his knowledge so what we're being asked to believe here is that this girl has played a water polo final and just got herself off at 19 years old to a hospital in Sydney, just turned up at casualty and said, I'm going into labour. When, when you say what we're being asked to believe, like that's fact though, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah, right. But I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. It's what we're being asked I, to believe. That's yeah. what I, all of this stuff. It's like. It's not fake okay. news. I, I, I just, I mean, it would take, this is where it comes down to, and I've heard her speak of this, and she says a lot of what happened and the way she handled certain situations were she was so used to having to be so tough and being told what to do and respect coaches and perform and do things in a way that she just handled things in a way I think that potentially I couldn't have coped. Do you know what I mean? I just would have been in pieces, but she just took herself off to a hospital down the street from the pub 
and had a baby, was missing obviously for a couple of days. And I just don't understand a lot no. of this. And then she was able to, leave, you know, lawfully adopt a baby. Well, I am adopted and from everything that I can cover and friends who are trying to adopt babies and things like that, it's it's quite complicated. You don't just rock up and go, oh, here's one, put it to, add it to the pile of to be adopted. So, I mean, mm. I... I for all you it's know, that she'd organised that prior to yeah, actually possibly. giving birth, though. I don't think she did. Yeah, I right. really don't think oh, she did okay. because they had to go back through all the records. And in the records, she I think it's at this point that she says that, that she's visiting from Perth. or like she, that she just says stuff. And I don't know if it was sort of because it preceded us all having mobile phones and whatnot. She seems to be able to sort of get away with it with a fairly loose story. If, if you give birth to a baby and you don't want it, yeah. Is it reasonable to expect that it would get adopted pretty quickly? You wouldn't have to go home no. with it and look after it, would you? No, I don't they think you'd have to do that, but I think there's and... a period of time. I think you get a cooling-off period. <laughs> <laughs> so, for instance, in my situation, there was a cooling-off period. So my natural mother knew that she was going to adopt me straight up. Yeah. She wasn't in a position. She had other children, but she wasn't in a position to keep me. So I was kept in the hospital for six weeks. Yeah, but, I don't, but is I, that what that happened here about, or is that... I don't know. Yeah, what, what I'm know. wondering is, is it just that she gave birth and went, I don't want it, you're going to have to adopt it, and they went, all right, we'll... And the baby was in the hospital and, and for a while. So, yes. I guess yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah it wasn't all done in Because you would have to go, right. there's that breastfeeding or the feeding process that I just don't think you would hand a baby over to someone who couldn't breastfeed and go, there you go. You'd, you'd stay in the hospital until oh, no, you got through some of that, that Because you? not everybody breastfeeds anyway. That's kind yeah. of neither here nor there. It's more a case of... They would have supplies in a hospital to do certain things. They would have... Make sure they're healthy before... Do we want to talk about wet nurses? Probably not. Um... Oh. <laughs> I don't know if they had wet... Yeah, anyway. Bitty, have you seen that in Little Britain? <laughs> oh, I, about that. I had forgotten about it. Bitty. Oh. Bitty. Oh, stop so it. Now, so, so she's, she's been successfully able to adopt this woman. So now she is, so, so she's 19 years old. She's competing at a, a national level. And she's been pregnant three times and had one child and apparently no one knows, okay? Mm-hmm. No one. Not a boyfriend, not her parents, not her The boyfriend her doesn't even know he's the father of said baby. No. So well, let's assume as... that she is concealing it to a certain point. I mean, she mustn't look overtly pregnant. but You know that stuff you put on your face it. called concealer? Can you get one of those for pregnancy? Baby concealer? yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if that were the case, I'd have bucket loads of it here to, like, cover that up. <laughs> We're talking early 90s and, you know, the fashion of the time were like high-waisted jeans Correct. and baggy blouses tops. and baggy tops yeah. and things like that. So I think dressed, it would have been pretty easy to conceal a pregnancy. Not in the water I've polo seen photos routine, of her. Right? Um, not in the bathers. That's where it gets tricky because yeah, then you think, gosh, you know, and then there was a, a woman who was interviewed who was, I think she was an ACT coach and she was happy to be interviewed and she said, I knew she was pregnant. She said there was talk right. of it. There were people talking yeah, about right. it. And she said, I remember saying something to their coach, who was a male, saying, you know, have, you know, what's happening with Kelly Lane? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he said, you know, I've heard that she's pregnant. Oh, the lady said, I've heard that she's pregnant. And he said, I've raised it with her and she's not. Like, end of story. So, you know, I don't right. know. Yeah, right. So she's just denying it okay, regardless so. and, and probably doesn't. Well, anyway, look but, super but the same people, the, the same people when interviewed, the coach and that, they're saying they had no knowledge of it. This is another coach from another team saying, I asked yeah, them who right. knows what was really right. But anyway, right. everybody seems to be in July and all the women now, as older women, all cry when spoken to and say, I wish we had have said something, you know, we were ignoring it or whatever else. So of the ones who thought they'd seen something. 
But no one said anything. No one walked up and said, are you okay or are you, yeah, no one. Are you up the duck? Are you bloated? Frida, you slack-ass smile. What are you doing up to? I mean, are, are you... it's puberty blues. I mean, the girls are manly. It's not like they're going to be angels. You know what I mean? They're gone to tell a girl's home and you're not, not at all. No, this is not little little ladies that lunch. It's like athletes who, you know, rough and tumble, like to drink, like to have a root. You know, they like they like their life. <laughs> like to have a root. Yeah, oh, that's that stereotype, that stereotype, isn't it? It is a little bit like that. You know, they're competitive, and you know, they're probably like competitive like in the pool, competitive in the bed. Correct. And a lot of them, it would appear, had, like, partners who were athletes as well, you know, the rugby players. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So the other water polo players. It was, you know, it's a real scene. You know, not that I would ever know, but I, from what I've seen when I was at uni and been around those people, absolutely, you know, they kind of stick together. Why wouldn't they? Okay, so 95. Now we need to move ahead to 1996. And in early 96, Kelly gets a job as a teacher at Ravenswood, which is a private girls' school in Sydney. And mm-hmm. she, they love her. Could you imagine, you know, here's this, you know, young, attractive. She's a PE teacher. Correct. Yep, yep. Yeah. So she's, she was at the University of Newcastle for a while, but I don't think she actually ever graduated. But then on the website for the school. Did she have a dip ed? No, I think she did. It was more like PE, so. She only had to do an arts degree and then she could do a dip ed on top yeah, of Yeah, for a days. year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you didn't have to have a, like, you have to have Oh, a here we go. Degree, she enrolled in an degree arts now. degree, you're right, at the University of Newcastle. There, there you go. <laughs> from which, but she dropped out. And then went on to As study at the Australian College of Physical Education while working part-time at Ravenswood School for Girls as a water polo coach. She went on to hold a position as sports convener at Ravenswood, where her credentials are listed in the school yearbook as a degree-qualified teacher with honours. I don't know that she would have had time to do that. That's not true. Yeah. What well, she dropped a out. load of Correct. old shit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so... Don't hold back. Tell me oh, yeah. fuck so what, me. But, Fake so resume. The, yeah. <laughs> so at this time in her life, she is going out with a rugby um, union player uh, who, I don't know what level he played at, but I suspect he was probably quite high level. So she's got that. She's got the job at the exclusive girls' school who they probably just all adore her because she's playing for Australia at this point, water polo, and, you know, Life's probably pretty good on on the insular peninsula, as they call it. Um, but as someone says, when everybody knows your business, that's when you've got to start, you know, keeping mm-hmm. secrets. At this time in '96, she actually travels to Canada the end of the year, where the Australian team win a silver medal. So she really is at the top of her sport at this point. And then on the 12th of September in 1996, same year, she gives birth to. A daughter. She finds herself pregnant again. Why can't she just use condoms Doesn't, like other people? Uh, maybe. Or go uh, on uh, the pill. I reckon what's happening is that the women water polo sides are playing after the men and the men are ejaculating in the pool and she is oh, just yeah, super fertile it. that she just finds herself yeah. pregnant. Mm. And the chlorine doesn't kill the swimmer. Yeah, you know, right. so soon after. Like it's got to be something mm. like that because surely the alternative is just ridiculous as opposed to my theory which is not ridiculous really yeah, sound yeah, and right. quite scientifically yeah, yeah, proven right. to have happened it's, on many occasions yeah, we've all we've Never. all known people who've yeah. had that so swanny's not in he's not even listening to that <laughs> i wasn't even listening to it too i'm trying to get my head around the delivery of this baby what did you say was it worth repeating it doesn't matter it's fine is it a laboya birth <laughs> in the pool? what did you say <laughs> what did you say was it worth repeating, repeating? Is the best bit? unlikely oh, yeah yeah Continue. 
All right. So after four failed attempts to be induced, now this is what I don't quite understand. What? I've read this, but I, at Ride Hospital. Is, is it serious that you even have a failed attempt to be induced? That's what I don't quite understand. As I'm reading that, that's why I was a bit quiet. I was like, I don't know if I should even say that because I don't know that I can, so, I, I can't back it up. I don't even know what that would look like. You, you can. I've been induced um, very successfully and it was very, you know, hard and fast yeah, and very nice. But, no, yeah, no, it cannot work. One of my sisters tried to be induced and couldn't, and the baby wouldn't come out. She right. had a natural birth yeah, and she yeah. ended up having to have a cesarean. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I believe that is possible. You're yeah, right. I'm not the okay. expert in that, mm. clearly. I don't know. There's a, and there's a switch here. She's in Ryan Hospital, but the, the baby, and the baby is called Tegan, Tegan Lee Lane was delivered at around 38 weeks at Auburn Hospital. So that was on the September the 12th, 1996. So she was, I think, 20 at the time? Yeah. Two days later, she leaves the hospital and she actually goes to a wedding that afternoon with her boyfriend. And she turns up at the wedding and there's footage of her, like it's filmed when they walk into church. She's in an all-white country road suit. And then she goes off to the reception afterwards and has a, a great time. After she's just had a baby? Apparently. She's remarkable. No one- she is quite remarkable. She's got a trampoline for a cooch. Just bounces. It's like, back. oh, could you imagine going, oh, my God, what have you been doing? I've been a trampoline for a cooch. I've been running around. <laughs> yeah. What's that even mean? Just bounces right back. Bounces back. No, but, like, cooch is like it. grass. It's another word for the, like. For the girly bits. Downstairs is it really? Mm. Yes. Yeah, wow. What did you say it was? Never knew that. So it's another name. No, for which the one? What did you use? Cooch or cooch? What did you say? Cooch. 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 And what's the name of the grass? Cooch. That's cooch as well. Oh, they're both okay. Is that like I if you cut someone's grass? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, as you as you were, her hoo ha is very bouncy. Bounced right back. Okay, so she has a baby. Then off she goes to the wedding. A couple of days. Where's the baby? Tegan. Where's yeah. Tegan? Well, I don't know. Where's Epony Ray? Know. Where would Tegan? Where do you reckon Tegan would be? I don't know. Yeah. Why do you even bother naming a child if you're not even? I reckon. Well, it's interesting Tegan. that none of the other babies had names. I don't know why this one. Does. I reckon yeah. Tegan's in her pouch. I don't know why Tegan has a name, but Tegan Tegan's has in her pouch. But anyway, let's not let's not dwell on that. Let's just oh, keep going on. on. So she, okay. oh, yeah. So she's you know back to life again. Well, not that she ever stopped. She was probably doing something five minutes before she had this baby. She's and back to life again. I missed the bit where she died. I didn't mean that. I mean, back to, you know. Back in the yeah. pool. Back to probably going out and finding someone else to impregnate her. <laughs> yeah, so she's got a boy. No, but she's got a boyfriend throughout all of this. Right. She's mm-hmm. still with, she turns up to the wedding with Gillies, Duncan. And then I'm, I'm going to ask you just to move forward slightly. So we've gone from 96 and now we're in 1999. Three, four, five. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. We're up to now. In nineteen ninety nine. She's pregnant again. Twenty five weeks pregnant with her third child, but fifth pregnancy. Kelly Lane flew to Queensland to seek a late term abortion. She was oh, refused God. due to the fetus being at a visible um, gestation. And then three months later, in May of nineteen ninety nine, Lane gave birth to a boy who she decided to put up for adoption as she'd done with her firstborn child in 95. Lane advised a social worker that this was her first child and that Gillies was the father. Gillies denied the claims. It's like termination, termination, adoption, baby don't know, adoption. That's who we're currently It at. sounds like um, music. You know, you've got a termination, termination, <laughs> adoption, baby, adoption. Like, you know, just playing the piano. Yeah. It's all a bit hard to follow. Mm. But interestingly, as a result of having that baby, when they go through the adoption process, uh, docs discover 
that Lane, uh, they discover her previous pregnancies and they try and get in contact with her to discuss this and that's when sort of a series of lies and then she can't be contacted and whatever else and there's this one man who is just doggedly thinking something's not right, something that's not right and he tries to find her and says, you know, there's a baby missing, there's, this doesn't add up. One, you know, one man who's connected and, to the health profession or just some yes, random? Yes, docs. Yeah, right, okay, no, gotcha. He's a, um, yeah, Department okay. of Child Services. Gotcha. Department of Child Services, yeah. yeah. And so he ends up contacting Manly Police and he also um, formally files a missing person's report for baby Tegan. Tegan. Yeah, Correct. Right. So that's 1999. And what then sort of starts to happen is it, it's never a sort of like a seamless process. And what you what you find, so on, on the documentary, they really start to focus on what was happening at Manly Police Station at the time. And you've got to remember that Kelly Lane's father was a policeman in the area, remember, and yeah, had been yeah. for a long time. Yeah. So they were well known. Everybody knew the family. The mother had been the called the manager of the uh, water polo team. So these who were heavily involved in Kelly's la- Kelly Lane's um, life, she spent, you know, she had a great relationship with her father. A lot of people said that her mum was quite scary and having seen her interviewed, she was pretty tough. And she didn't know that her daughter was pregnant? No, apparently not. None of them did, not at all. Mm. So That sounds suspicious. Come- yes, absolutely. So we're now in 2000. And guess what? What? She's pregnant. She's pregnant. She's pregnant to her new boyfriend. She's found herself pregnant. Yeah. And you and I are also in Sydney with her at the same time. Now. Oh, yes. This is where it all starts overlap. When, when you say she's pregnant to her new bro- boyfriend, do you mean she's pregnant and she has a new boyfriend? Or is she actually <laughs> pregnant Probably. to her new boyfriend? I don't know the difference to what you said. What? Well, one of them did, she... did the, it's boyfriend the boyfriend the father. The yeah, child. yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, don't know. correct. Just... I think that no, it, it going might... out with her when it she might was pregnant be, again. Yes, because I think that yeah. there, there certainly seems to be some question marks over all of the time that she was yeah. certainly a little bit unfaithful. It was another water polo baby. Gillies. Yeah, God, she was busy. But so, so she's pregnant now for a sixth time. This time Is she Catholic? I don't know. It doesn't say anywhere that, yeah, she, right. anywhere that she was. There's no talk of anywhere religious about reasons, yeah. religious or contraception or anything like that. She just kept this all to herself. She just... I, well, I don't think she I did. Believe. Like she... Well, yeah, David, she right. David, Somebody must have known that something. I, th- yeah. I think her flower wouldn't look... It would look like a rough flower by now, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. In February of 2001, so I said that she was pregnant at the back end of 2000, an investigation begins into Tegan's disappearance. And in her first interview with officers in Manly, they do not realise that she's actually seven months pregnant then. Like, so she, you know, she does wear baggy clothes. She is a big build, all of those things, but they haven't got any idea either. And then she does go on to have that child and she keeps that child. There is no information on that child and rightly so. You do not know the name of her. Yeah, right. I think it's a girl. I'm guessing they're not her. together. The child and the parents. Hopefully not the child and the mother. I don't know. She may be with her father. I don't yeah, know. right. Okay. I really don't. But not the mother. It. And everywhere I look, it's all suppressed. You can't find out who they are for the, that child's protection. I think. Yeah. They've started the investigation, and then by June of 2005, there is an inquest into Tegan's disappearance and suspected death, and that starts. And the coroner concludes that Tegan is most likely dead, and the case is then referred to the unsolved homicide squad. So that's when Kelly finally is sent to trial. And it is just one of these situations where everybody in her life, her mum, her dad, her boyfriends, no one had any idea. 
So when they go back and they recount all these situations, for instance, you know, when Tegan was born, they were all like, what do you mean? She was she was around us. What do you mean she had a baby and then she was at a wedding, you know, two days later? We just don't. How, how could that how could be? That how did possible? that happen? Yeah, yeah. So what happened to baby Tegan? So we know that she was born in Auburn Hospital on September 12th, 1996. So the story has changed apparently eight times since Kelly Lane was originally questioned about eight it. Eight times. Eight times. But what the gist of her story was, on the 14th, so two days after the baby was born, she claims that she left the hospital and went outside the hospital and handed the baby over to the, the baby's yeah, I remember that. Yes, biological father and he simply took Tegan with him so when of course they asked who that was that's when things got a little bit confusing because initially well she said who can say she initially said that his name was now I might get this wrong because whatever she did she flipped it so when she was initially interviewed she said his name was Andrew Morris and then sometime later, years later, she said it was Andrew Norris and then she said, oh, you know, whatever else. So it was Morris Andrew. Mm, exactly. <laughs> Who's that? Well, exactly. <laughs> That's oh, the point. She reversed it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if there was going to be I was like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm a real idiot. No. <laughs> oh, God. So she. First name, last yeah. name, last name, first name. That was all I was doing. Yeah. She simply said that she took the baby out and handed him over to Andrew Morris. Then she said that she had done that in the car park and then later on she said that she'd done it in the like, foyer of the hospital. But there's no proof of any of that and obviously they looked extensively to find this Andrew Morris and she said that she'd had an affair with Mr Morris whilst she was still dating Gillies. And it's interesting, so a lot of, the inf- a lot of what I was watching on TV was about this affair that she had with him. So she says when she was interviewed by the police the first time, when she was pregnant with the sixth child... During the police interview, Lane claimed that she had given Tegan to the baby's father, a man called Andrew Norris, or Morris, with whom she claimed to have had a brief affair. According to Lane, the affair took place at a unit block in Balmain on Friday nights, after Friday nights, plural, after a drinking session at the town hall pub, the Townie. Lane alleges in her police interviews, Norris's long-term partner, Melanie, also lived there as she often saw female apparel strewn around the unit. According to Lane, Melanie was in retail, although she was not present at the unit on Friday nights. During the police interviews, Lane claimed that she felt forced to hide her pregnancies because of the fear of the reaction of her parents and friends, as according to investigations, she could not be sure who any of the fathers of the babies might be. (sighs) She told police she handed the baby over to Morris in the Auburn Hospital car park, but later changed his story to state it was inside the foyer. It was reported that during the police interviews, Lane said several times she felt alone when she became pregnant and told her mother in an intercepted phone call, I had no other choice, referring to why she gave the baby to Norris. Manly police referred the matter to the coroner in 2005. So what ends up happening is they have a trial, but remember they've got no body, they have no weapon, they have no... Motive. Well, maybe a motive. You know, their motive they're saying is perhaps it was because she was just trying to get rid of the baby so that she could be considered for the Olympic squad, but... You know, that's that's the only thing that comes up time and time again. Even that's sketchy yeah. because that's she stretch. gave the others up for adoption. Yeah. So yeah. why yeah. would she on this occasion not Yeah, do that? that's what I think. Yeah. So she, they go to trial. The matter was heard in the Supreme Court. The Crown alleged that Lane became pregnant five times over seven years during the 90s, terminating the first two pregnancies, placing two up for adoption and allegedly murdering her baby, Tegan, on the 14th of September 1996. 
The jury heard that Lane concealed her pregnancies from her family and friends in order to protect her personal image and reputation. According to Supreme Court Judge Peter Howell, who acted in her defence in 2006, images would have been destroyed by revelations of the salaciousness of her sex life centering around numerous rugby players from the Manly Marlins Club over which Robert Lane presided. So her dad was the president of the rugby club. And again, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, if, if you want to go and do all that stuff, as you say, use a condom. There's contraception. Mm. It's not like it's all that hard if you, you know. You, it's not the 60s. Yeah, and like if yeah. you make a mistake once. Take the pill mistake. even. Yes, like, exactly. You know. You know, it's not like you're worried about carrying a bit of weight. You carry a baby around, you know, all these times. Evidence heard at the trial was similar to that presented at the inquest. Um, The Crown produced evidence that as a motive for murder, Lane was prepared to abandon her child at birth to increase her chances of representing Australian water polo at the Sydney 2000 Olympic Games. There was also evidence she believed children would interfere with her educational plans, her social life, and the regard in which she was held by parents and friends. It was alleged that her friend at her friend's wedding on 14 September may have been a crucial factor, as Lane sought a permanent solution to a potential problem to hide the evidence of pregnancy. So they thought because she had to go to the wedding that afternoon, that was the reason that she, she had to the deal baby. with it. Yeah. Wow. On December 13, 2010, the jury found Lane guilty of lying under oath in relation to documents dealing with the adopting out of two babies. The yep. jury was not able to come to a unanimous verdict on the murder charge. Under advice from Wheelie, and I can't remember who Wheelie is, which is going to be a problem, that says the judge, the jury was given the option of returning a majority of 11 to 1 verdict. A little later on the same day, the jury found Blaine guilty of murder of Tegan and bail was refused. Sentence procedures commenced in 2001. It was reported that a psychiatrist Psychiatric psychiatrist Michael Diamond, who appeared before the hearing on behalf of the Crown, found no evidence of a psychiatric disorder and that Lane's decisions appeared to be based on problem solving. On December 15, 2011, she was sentenced to 18 years jail with a non-parole period of 13 years and five months. She'll be eligible for parole on the 12th of May, 2024. Wow, snilly up. Yeah, so she's in Silverwater and in the documentary that I um, watched, she was allowed to do these six-minute phone calls with Caro, Meldrum, Hannah, <laughs> and she's kind of speaking for the first time because I didn't realise this so much, but she never testified. She didn't speak. She didn't say Really? Anything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I think she'd already proven they, they probably didn't put her forward because they would have said that she was an unreliable yeah. witness because yeah. she'd already been proven to be a liar. Yeah. So uh, giving testimony herself probably yeah. wouldn't have added any value to the case. It says here. That would have been the judgment of the uh, defence. Throughout the various team. trials and investigations, Lane has always maintained her innocence, albeit without testifying under oath, but she remains in civil water correctional complex. Apparently now she has lost 30 kilos and become a vegetarian and is no longer blonde. Did she find God? No, she found the MP, I think. They said she's gay for the stay. I heard, I read that. Gay for the stay, I read. A former boyfriend said, gay for the stay. Gay for the stay. Oh, right. So just not gone to lesbian. Like, because she could be lesbian and not fall pregnant every time she has sex, which would be a wise decision for her. It does say, while life on the inside was initially a harsh adjustment for the former private school sports teacher. See, I find that a stretch. Because she didn't go to a private school, they had to say former yeah, private, private school, school sports po- teacher. I, I hate all whatever. that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just for a middle-class girl would have been fine. Um, yeah. Who was given a cell. This is 
in a block reserved for child murderers and there were articles that I could see where it kept coming up saying that she was being beaten in jail. Lane now yeah. allegedly is thought of as one of the toughest prisoners in the complex, even gaining a reputation as, as the jailhouse dog. queen bee. Ah, yes, top dog. So there you go. And But she has she's trying to prove her innocence, and that was the whole idea that she was being interviewed for that documentary that I saw, and she was sort of publicly saying for the first time, I am innocent, I, there's got to be... Um, a way to prove it and you know a lot of the um documentary was sort of highlighting issues with the police work of course you know it's always yeah. pretty apparent and you know when they they went back and interviewed the parents who you know still maintain her innocence and they were showing actually they didn't show they mentioned like the first interview that she had with the manly police and they said oh you know her dad did what she said no and I'll never watch it I couldn't do that you know they've basically set her up she should have had a lawyer with her I cannot believe that and because she'd never told her parents about anything they couldn't no one could help her do you know what I mean so she was really on her own so there is so much more to this story and you know we could go could go on for hours but I didn't really want that to be the case I just wanted to tell this story which I just find it's an incredible Remarkable, story. Remarkable, really. I really yeah. do. And I, because I had no idea, I didn't know what I was starting to watch, what I was starting to get into. Do you know what I mean? I thought, all oh, right, you know, I you know, I understood that there was a baby that got missing. But it's the context of all the pregnancies either side and around it and the life that she was leading, that's what I find fascinating, that it could all be undertaken in such a public forum, in such a, when you're pregnant, I just... <laughs> I don't know how you do it that often and and do what you do as your day gig, you know, to be a world-class international water polo player. After all the stuff that you've read, do you think she's guilty? I, I, I really hope she's not. I would love this to be a story where she's not. She's definitely a pathological liar, though. She's lied so often, and that's where I think people find it really difficult. And I did read somewhere, being, you know, a serial liar, it doesn't make you a murderer. Like that, yeah, that's a, 100% you can't make doesn't. That yeah, so I I don't know how can you how can you sentence someone? I mean, it feels like there's so many inconsistencies with you know one one country, one court, yeah. you know, with all the different cases that we look at. I would have thought this would not have necessarily been a murder charge because they don't have there's no baby, no the baby, no what? weapon, no real motive. There's speculation, of course, about what the notice. So could she's be. in hospital, and they say that she. Handed, well, she says that she handed the baby to someone. Was yeah. that as she was checking out of the hospital? No. Uh, well, the, the morning of the day she checked out. So she, that was on the 14th, she said. Yeah. Yeah. In April 2011, following her conviction for murder, a Sydney taxi driver, I love this, at this point, a Sydney taxi driver came forward and alleged that he drove Kelly to an area of bushland where she abandoned the child. What? The man is said to have contacted, yeah, I love this, the, the man is said to have contacted Sydney criminal lawyer Chris Murphy. He's the celebrity one, right, that everyone goes to to get off everything, I think, and outlined a series of events that took place on September 14, 1996. He claimed he picked Kelly up from Auburn Hospital, at which point she was carrying a newborn baby. Kelly is said to have asked him to stop on River Road on the way to Manly, where she allegedly left the baby. He told Murphy that after he dropped her off, I presume he means at her final destination. She had He noticed she'd left a baby bag in the car. When he reminded her, Kelly allegedly said, I don't need it, and left. 
The taxi driver then said he drove back to the area of bushland and found a baby girl lying next to a tree with a bottle beside her. He said he left her in the care of another woman who insisted, insisted sorry, she would mind the baby. What? Kelly has denied this account, This his account. I'm like, what part of that is right? Oh, I went back. I, I, let, I let her leave the baby. Then I took her to her final drop-off. Then I said, I'll take your baby back. I don't think she would have had a baby bag, would she? If she had gone into hospital totally unprepared with nothing, she wouldn't have had a baby bag. Wouldn't have would thought she? so. I find that hard to believe. No. And then why did he then leave the baby but t- drop her off and then he went back and who's yeah, this other woman who random. just turns up next to a tree in the bush going, oh, okay, oh, don't worry, I've got it from here. And he goes, oh, okay, then. As long as someone's She's the mother baby, of the I'll forest and she looks after all the yes. newborns and like what? So I presume that never went any further, but um, that's, and you know, very after she'd been, that would all get random, but oh. That's just someone wanting attention. One other question: What's to, what's the mm. deal with the is eleven it? to one conviction? Is that normal? I, I would have thought that's not. I always thought we had to have unanimous decisions for murder. Yes, I I don't. I've never heard of such a thing. I didn't really understand what I was even reading when I was reading that. I was like, why did you get? To, was it not working in your favour? So you went, oh, actually, we'll we'll change it. It's not you know three two. It's got to be a uh, four one. You know that kind of thing. I just. I didn't understand that either. That's weird. I wonder where else I could find more information on it. But, yes, it does seem the jury was not able to come to a unanimous verdict on the murder charge under advice from Wheelie. I need to find out who he is. Mm. Yeah, judge, yeah. right. The jury was given the option. Of not finding her legally guilty. Yeah, yeah. We'll just change the law. You can, oh, well, 11 to 1. How about 10 to 2? Uh well, if someone Nine gave you that three? option, wouldn't you have thought, he really wants us yeah. to get this sorted. I, I reckon we better do it. All right, a little later on the same day, surprise, surprise, the jury found Lane guilty of murder of Tegan. So there are, I don't know what you'd call them, bodies with people who look at crimes who they don't think have been investigated yes. correctly or like the justice you know, project. Made fair. Well, the yeah. Project, yeah, and yeah. they are certainly representing her. But, I mean, you know, she hopefully, well, you know, I say hopefully, I I don't. I, I find it all very bizarre. But who would you uh, would you like to sentence someone, Schmitty, Clarky? What do you think? Um, I think you're right. It is a Any very thoughts? curious case. <laughs> it is. I just. I kind of when I was sort of thinking about how am I going to present it and what do I really want to ask of you at the end. I. I just wanted you to be as baffled yeah, as I was yeah. in one respect because I'm just so blown away by this. With, with case. what you've said to me i if i was on the jury i reckon i'd go she's innocent unless there's bits that um the well yeah that maybe you didn't get to talk about which is fine too but but it just sounds like there's no like she's got two terminations which in my view are not murder and i know other people have different views on that she's had a baby and adopted it out then she's murdered a baby and then she's had a baby and adopted it out. So the, the inconsistency. Yeah. And had a baby and kept it. The inconsistency yeah. is the one that is missing that we're alleging that she murdered. She's got no history mm. in my view of doing any of that. She's got a history of doing a whole lot of things that you could or you may or may not want to judge her for. Oh, she's a root rat, you know. Good luck to her. But but Good the the her. baby that is missing, I, I mm. don't see that as with beyond reasonable doubt as being murdered and therefore yeah, I kind of go oh feel. what I don't know I'm not I'm not mm. cool with it 
Schmidty, what do you think? Well, it doesn't sit comfortably. What do you, do you think? You mean you you're not convinced she did it? Correct. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm not convinced. Mm. Um, just on your other question about the eleven to one. So in New South Wales. Uh, whilst the law does state that we generally would look for a unanimous vote, if you have a hung jury, which is basically where you cannot get a unanimous vote, the judge can provide the jury with the option of going 11 to 1, which is called a majority. So okay. it's actually um, set in New South Wales legal precedence. It so sounds... Just to explain that. I, I know that, like Reggie said for to us, that you can have... You can have that one up their sleeve if well, they need No, no, for some, for some crimes, there's um, you yeah. don't need a unanimous one. But I, I thought, mm. certainly in Victoria, I thought murder was one of those ones where you did have to have unanimous. Maybe it's different Also in interesting. Wales. Interesting. So in New South Wales, it's where the crime is against the state, of which murder is a crime against the state, then you can have a majority vote. But if it is a, a Commonwealth crime, a crime against uh, the Commonwealth, which has got different criteria, then you'd have to have a unanimous vote. So it's just weird. I, f- I feel like murder is yeah. a crime against the victim, uh, not yeah, the I, state. I, I, <laughs> it's, I think it's who's bringing it. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Who's representing, yeah. I'm a bit torn on it too because it, it feels to me like there's something nefarious underneath it all that no one's yeah. got to the bottom of and, and yeah. I, I'm going to cast some nasturtiums here but, you know, like that whole the power base of uh, the family with, you know, like her behaviour is weird, her lying yes. is weird, She's but she's grown up in what sounds like a very controlled environment with all, you know, you know what the sporty very People successful, like very push, you know, push, yeah, push, push, push absolutely. Your mum's the manager, like, and the mum, whoa, she was, you know, hold no prisoners. She's scary. And everyone in that area, in that sort of um, sphere, is similar. So hiding a pregnancy doesn't surprise me. Doing it as well as she did surprises me mm. and that people say that they didn't know about it surprises me. They probably did and yeah. turned a blind eye. And I just, I find it, I just find it weird because, you know, yes, she terminated some of her pregnancies when she, and she tried to with one of them, but when she couldn't, yeah, she adopted them. So I just don't understand why she would, and she adopted one before and another one uh, after. Yeah. Why would she kill this child? She, if it's all about solutions driven, she has a solution. Mm. She, she she could have just walked out of the hospital. Yeah. Correct. And gone to the wedding. And gone and to the wedding. Like, yeah. she, she'd done that before. Like, it just, that's what I find. Yeah, I I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. And if I were on that jury, there'd have to be a hell of a lot more evidence that's not circumstantial or just the fact that she lied to, to, for me to go, yeah, I'm, I, there is beyond reasonable doubt that she's done this. So, yeah, I find it really tricky. I, I don't – I'm not convinced. No, I, I'm, I'm a bit like you, Clarky. I – I think there's a Netflix documentary mm, under yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And I know you said someone's already making one, Carla, but I think this is a bit like a making a murderer or something, you know. It's it's weird. Mm. And, look, she's, we do know that she's a prolific liar and therefore yeah. even if she states her innocence, we also know there are lots of serial killers who said that they never did anything and DNA yeah. and whatever has proven they have. The fact that baby's never shown up is weird. Um, yeah. No one's come forward to say, yeah, look, my child we is... This person, because um, they would be protected. They wouldn't, you know, if, if you were the ones who came and they said, "Oh, the baby's been found," or whatever else, you wouldn't be subjected. To, they'd have to protect. So many others. There's only some other scenarios which are really gross about, you know, like if the child ended up in completely the wrong hands and ended up dead. You know, yes, those people will not come forward and say, you know, we we took the child. You know what I mean? 
So yeah. there are options as to what happened to poor baby Tegan. But I, I mean, what did, what did she, apart from crazy man saying that he drove it in the bushland off River Road, but what did she do, throw it in the bin? Sorry, throw her I mean, in no, the bin? Like, I, I mean, how do you dispose, like how do you murder or dispose of a child in a hospital and then nip off to and a wedding? And get off to a wedding. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And this is where a lot of the stuff, or not a lot of the stuff, I, I wasn't able to look at a whole lot of it, but, you know, they, there were lots of, you know, people's backyards being dug up and this, that and the other and they're looking for, you know, a body. They went to um, her boyfriend at the Times place and they never found anything. But there was, you know, other stuff that had to support going to court, you know, in terms of going and doing, trying to find baby team for the coronial inquest and they just have not been able to. It, it just... It... And there was no CCTV. Or I suppose it's all too late. By the time they started to look into this child, you wouldn't have had kept records yeah, of for her years ago. being there and leaving. Yeah. yeah. I could. I mean, I could see a, a way where she might have done it, but I can't see a way where it definitely happened. It's and, definitive. And, yeah. you know, yeah, I'd almost be more like, comfortable yeah, sure. if she was off walking around and we all thought, I think you did it rather than having her in jail. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just a really interesting and weird one. It is. Very, very. Um, So I don't even know how to sentence it because I'm not even sure she's guilty, apart from mm, maybe just... Uh, I think I think what I what I see is I think maybe we just need to put her on the pill for a start. Yeah, if if you've got the baby maker, treat it treat it with a bit of respect. Like you know, you just because you can have children doesn't mean you should. And she could have made some decisions that would have not got to this. And and I am not one hundred percent. I'm I'm not anti-abortion. I'm in fact I'm very pro-abortion. I completely understand that people fall pregnant they might find themselves pregnant but but i just think that you know by by baby number three you'd like to think that she's got a strategy in place to go i probably will you take know what? the pill I've worked out how yeah, that yeah. Works. I, I, yeah i know what happens i'm not going to find myself pregnant anymore because i know how it works now um, <laughs> yeah i think that she was definitely guilty of making bad decisions yeah exactly There's no right. doubt about that yeah. and, and also she's acting not, not taking good action but I'm also not comfortable with the fact that a woman can go and have a baby and say that someone's the father without the father having any input in that. I think that's I agree awful. With that. um, I, I didn't really know that was a thing. I thought that there would have to be some level of proof if the father isn't there to say, yes, that's mine. I agree with you, in, well, obviously, with the point you're making, but it also made me think when I was looking at it, I mean, to get anything done, how many sources and uh, items of proof of ID and this, yeah, that, yeah. and the other, a bill for that and a bill for that and your name on this and your name with that address. Imagine just rock yeah. me up and go, oh, I can't give you 100 points, but here's imagine a baby. Being, oh, imagine okay. F- what's, where, what's your name? Uh, my name's um, you know, Desiree. Desiree. Do yeah, yeah. Where are you from? Um, from yeah, another yeah. country. Where you found it, other and who's their dad? Uh, John Smith. I mean, that's what it sounds yeah. like happened in the hospital. And imagine being you could say imagine being like. poor Duncan, like five years later, going, "What? I'm the father? <laughs> what do you even mean? Yeah. Like, I, I just that that is just a, a blight on society where we think it's okay to be that frivolous about fatherhood. Yes. Sorry, the counter argument for that is. 
Okay, so I've named Paul Clark as the father of my child. Unfucking un likely, says, hey. <laughs> and he says, I've got no interest in this child, so no, Correct. I'm not. So, and that would be so more that's the, case. the problem is yes, the counter argument that the father yeah. won't take responsibility and therefore says, no, nothing to do with me. And yeah. then what do you do? But no, but so, so the child just has no nothing. father. Well, no, no, yeah. but so in a um, like if then there's a legal case or, or a legal requirement, then maybe you do have to do paternity testing. But, but what I'm saying is that it, it shouldn't be just that frivolous that no one's even being asked to confirm it. It's just one person saying, here's the child's family line and sure let's go with that i find that incredible all right well i don't know what to do or sentence about it i'm just going to leave with a public service announcement that says uh like you clarky um i don't actually have a problem with people who uh, need to avail themselves of terminations for various reasons but using it as a form of contraception isn't cool yeah Uh, and and i think that is probably more what we had um with this lady and so my public service announcement is to say there are plenty of options for women to not fall pregnant in this day and age please avail yourself of them I i think we could sentence her to sterilization I'd, I'd probably I thought about it earlier, but then I thought, what if she's not actually guilty, and that's pretty harsh. Well, I, I think the two the two abortions, fucking. the yeah. two adoptions, you know, just stop getting pregnant. Have all the fucking you want, just don't make babies out of it. So I'd go that, yeah, or I could sentence her to a future of only lesbian sex, and that's just to stop her getting pregnant. That's not, not um, you know, I don't I don't care whether she's lesbian it's, it's, or not. You're not casting dispersions. No, uh, no. <laughs> Go, you know, go for you, lesbians, good for you. I just think that um, just don't have babies as a result of your sex if that's what you want to do. Like, because that's the problem. She's having babies from her sex, not the fact that she's having sex. Um, Just deal with that. Fuck. Well, I might go a step further then and send her off to trial by Wine World and let's assume she's not a nutcase. Yeah. And we'll give her all of her children and she has to raise them. Ooh. Yes. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That would be, that'll keep her busy. Yeah. She, she could almost yeah. make a water polo team out of her children. <laughs> she could. They're probably gutsy little buggers too. <laughs> yeah, I bet they are. Tough. Yeah. Tough. All right. Well, Swanee, that was quite the story. And yes, I did remember it. And I knew it had something to do with children, but I couldn't remember. I knew that she. When you said about her physique, I thought, yeah, I remember looking at this woman. But yeah, no, it was really good. There's some pictures gorgeous when yeah, she was, yeah. you know, not, you know, but like that Aussie athlete, the, you know, you the back draw the, what do you call it, pool deck. Yeah, Lisa yeah. Curry Kenny. Lisa Curry Kenny. That, that totally, yeah. that look, yeah. 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 She didn't, what's that called, poolside. She looked like she should be poolside. Yeah. Yeah, good one. So yeah. thank you very much and miss you already. See you next time. Ciao. All right. Bye. Ciao. Ciao. Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com, Trial by Wine. Or visit our website, www.trialbywine.com to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com. Mm-hmm.